Hello and welcome to the Pomegranate Astrology Podcast, where we talk about astrology and astrology-related things, including myth, philosophy, storytelling and the interconnections that can be found between astrology and other art forms and disciplines. I'm your host, Antoinette McKenzie. I'm an astrologer and a writer, and you can find me and my work over at pomegranateastrology.com, where I offer consultations as well as my writing. I'm also over on Substack. Now today I'm thrilled to chat to one of my favorite people in the world, Lindsay Natale of El Natale Astrology. Now Lindsay is one of the finest astrologers I've encountered and apart from her website elnatale.com where you can find her, she also has a fantastic YouTube channel which is all about astrology and that's also El Natale Astrology. Her work is brilliant because Lindsay has the gift of insightful compelling storytelling and she practices her art with great integrity and thoughtfulness. Her astrology is profoundly nutritive and satisfying. Sitting down with Lindsay, talking to her about astrology feels akin to sitting in front of a warm fire with a friend, sharing a hearty meal, laughter and soulful conversation. You come away feeling that even amidst life's challenges, that there's an abundance of love and kindness in the world. She is also a poet who is soon to publish her book in book form, which is so exciting to me because her poet is radiant and lush and alive. I so look forward to seeing her book out in the world. Now, Lindsay and I sat down to chat about what astrology and the practice of astrology looks like for us as practitioners of what we call slow astrology. Now, slow astrology is a phrase we cooked up together, though I must say I think it was Lindsay who can take credit for coining that exact phrase. It was in response to the somewhat fast-paced, even frantic style of newsfeed astrology that is so ubiquitous in this online world, especially as social media and astrology have kind of exploded together in the past few years, and we're seeing a resurgence of astrology. Now, this is fantastic in one way, but also with tech and the algorithms that are just beggaring belief at times, being so fast-paced, and now with so many voices clamoring, Lindsay and I have each been consciously working to define and craft our own astrological approach, our ethics and philosophy beyond these brightly lit spaces. We've discovered that we're very aligned on many things and we both find that we need time to chew over, absorb and digest astrological transits and information. We love to make meaning. We like to create maps and narratives that hopefully make sense to others as well. Lindsay really grounds the astrology in ways that simplify very complex ideas without losing any of the depth of sophistication or knowledge. It's an astrology that feels reassuring and helps us connect to a calmer place within us, our creativity and others around us. So let's dive in. So yeah, I'm just sort of thinking about what the nature of astrology is, the different types of astrology that people actually offer. And I'm also wondering about what your approach is to astrology, but what maybe led you into astrology in the beginning and wanting to become an astrologer? Yeah, I never expected to become an astrologer ever, ever, ever. And I think that's pretty normal for people that are in astrology. I've heard that a lot. It's and it's especially uh, people that consider themselves quite rational. <laughs> and uh, and you end up in this strange place of astrology because you see that it just keeps working. And you're like, how? How? You know, I, so the, my, my perspective, my, my desire was always, even as a kid, I have um, Scorpio rising. So like, I've always wanted to understand like what's going on in a deeper level, especially for people, you know, like detective you know, energy that I have. Like, I just want to understand why do you do the things you do? And uh, so astrology fits really well for me there. Um, and that's something I can use to help other people to figure out 
have a little bit more of a pull back a perspective of who who and what they, who they are and what they're doing. So I love astrology for that reason. How I got into astrology was through my mother-in-law. I'd never even seen a birth chart before. When she started looking, she she's from Italy and um, she has been studying the you know natal chart astrology. So I knew always. I always loved you know the astrology in the magazines and I always looked up my sun sign. I mean, I do relate to it a lot, but there, I knew there was always more to me than just that. And so when I saw these transits and these strange charts and these little symbols, and she could look at that and see, talk to a stranger, she'd come to America, we'd pull up the person's chart and she could just start talking to them about stuff in a whole different culture, whole different language. And, you know, we translated or whatever, but she would know things. And I was like, how? So uh, I was fascinated by that. She didn't teach me how to do it because she has a language barrier. It's kind of hard. It's already complex. <laughs> so uh, I had to learn more Italian before she and I could even talk about those things. So that was about 20 years ago. Uh, then actually, I wanted to learn for myself. And um, that's when I got into it. it was more like seven, eight years ago where I started really to get into it myself and own it myself. And then I went to the school where we met and um, took those you know, courses. And then since then, I've just really been opened up a whole new world for me to meet all sorts of incredible people and learn about things I'd never, ever expected to. And I don't know, it's just been a wonderful experience. It's a storyteller's language. And I think that uh, that's what I find compelling about what you do as well, especially when you're on YouTube doing your beautiful videos, is that there's oh. such a storytelling, soulful heart to it all, which feels so relevant and, and it feels like there's a thread traveling through it. There's this map that we're following, this this very kind map that I feel is what we need you know, when we're when we're doing astrology is uh, it can be easy to forget perhaps that narrative thread that grounds us in something very real and lived so we can see the patterns. And I feel that that's the sort of astrology I see you do as well. And it's it's really, you know, what draws me to it a lot. So we both have done and studied Hellenistic astrology. Do you draw you draw in modern astrology as well? What would you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's the point. I think what we need to do as astrologers is to take the things that work best for us because it's sort of like speaking a different language, right? We're talking about astrology as a universal language because it's all built into something very ancient, which is archetypes, right? These archetypes yeah. that are existence, and that is how we can make meaning out of things because we think in story as humans. Mm. So what the whole thing is is very technical. Technical. It's very technical. It's sacred geometry and it's it's complicated. But when we put it into containers of story, it's like, oh, okay, I can understand that a little bit better. It's just a way. So basically what your question was about the type of astrology, the Hellenistic, yes, I love a lot of the ancient astrology techniques. I love um, having the time lords and I I think it's so much of that is just so practically useful and it can simplify astrology. So, you know, if you're in a ninth house year or whatever, that you know, you're, you know, that planet that rules that. So, you just kind of have to watch that instead of watching this because it just can blow your mind if you really look so far oh, deep yeah. into your astrology. We have to simplify things and, and put them in little containers so that we can make them useful. Is it cool to know everything? Yeah, it's awesome. But is it always useful? Not not so much, you know, in a day-to-day -day living. I loved evolutionary astrology when I started because that's where I was coming from to, to understand myself. So I find evolutionary astrology is really powerful uh, to understand psychological uh, issues or things that you see yourself um, and how to understand yourself. And then the next levels that you can add on to it, which are more um, expansive in a way that's more um, predictive would be Hellenistic. They're really different. Yeah. 
And yet oh, completely. when you do that, when you there's that synthesis, you know, sization, it, it becomes this kind of, it starts to make sense on all of these different levels, these complex levels. It really is all of the paths up the mountain, isn't it? And it depends which, yes. which you prefer. Yeah, it's like a, speaking a different language, right? Mm-hmm. If you speak Spanish or if you speak, you know, whatever, Japanese, yeah. they're both great. They're both going to get you. There's some late words in Japanese that you're not going to find in Spanish. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. words that that are going to get you to a, a different understanding in Japanese, but you can still understand so many things. And yeah. in Spanish, you can understand different things, but it's all going to get you to the top of the mountains some yeah. way or another. And and mm-hmm. there's so many different types of astrologers. And it's really about what I am really passionate about is people finding the right astrologer for them to give them the reading and who they really click with. And it's, yeah. it's so interesting to me how when I look at clients' charts, there's somewhere in there an aspect or aspects that align with my own chart and it's yeah. <laughs> it's like oh okay I can see why you're coming to me because on some level we are speaking or understanding a similar uh, language or way of communicating and understanding so that's really fascinating to me and it sort of reinforces that sense that there's someone for everyone and so yeah. I'm really happy to help uh, people find the astrologer for them beyond me as well yeah and just to add on to that I had a client um too not too long ago and she gone to 20 different readers over her lifetime as an astrologer too. I'm like, Oh, you know, what am I going to tell you? That's new. And, uh, but my reading for her was completely different. I was telling her stuff that she'd never heard before. And so that's, that's because we are complicated, complex Mm. people. And each piece of the chart can be viewed through the lens of an astrologer. It's going to be, you know, you don't only have an hour with the person too. Like, you know, we have a whole lifetime to figure ourselves out. And if an astrologer comes through and can tell you something, that's a, for me, that's like collect $200 and go around the monopoly board. It's like, it's, and she'd done it with 20 different astrologers. So, uh, and that was showing up in her chart too. So it was really interesting that that was part of her like mosaic of creating her understanding of herself was going through these different, you know, readings to people to come to an understanding of who she was and what she needed to do. Yeah. That's fascinating. And they were all valid. They were all valid, yeah, you know, even absolutely. though they they were Vedic or they were evolutionary or they were Hellenistic or, you know, a mutt version, like whatever I do, it's, they're all valid. Absolutely. So that, yeah, that is fascinating. It's, it's such a, a varied geography out there mm. as well. Yeah. So that also leads me to kind of, because I've been thinking about this a lot as well, because we are finding that there is a rise and rise in astrology and the availability of astrologers and social media is just jam-packed with astrologers offering their services. And so I'm you know, really interested in, well, the philosophy of what we're doing, but also the ethics of what we're doing and what Ethics, how same. we can be Absolutely. ethical astrologers and what is our responsibility towards you know an ethics what what does that look like and perhaps what does that look like for you what sort of framework do you hold there yeah when i first started that was a huge issue for me because i mean i went through university i went through you know post you know i went through it with post training after my college education and university so i was like well i had to get so many credentials just to do what i was doing and i had to keep maintaining those credentials. And then with astrology, you don't even need any, you know, Mm -hmm. you could just hang up a sign and say open for business. And who are you? Who are you? You know, so and that's why it was important to me to go to coursework, you know, that was um, through, you know, the the courses that we did. but at the same time, I think that there's just, you know, like if you see astrologer and you, you can tell that they have something that's special, then that's the one for you, whether they have any sort of 
doc document on the yeah. wall, but I think it should, the more, the more people get into it, I have a feeling it'll start needing more documentation yeah. in order to create a business like this, because it should, it really yeah. should. You should have some sort of test that you can prove that you can do these things or, because you're talking about people's lives. It's a big freaking deal. Yeah. And you know, Actually, they're paying yeah. you money to tell them things mm -hmm. and you can screw people up. And oh, so yeah. I take it very personally. I would never want to do anything to um, hurt or harm anyone or change their life direction in a way that would be hurtful to them. So yeah, I take yeah. it super seriously. No, I, that's absolutely correct. It, it is that feeling of you're holding a container when you're with someone, aren't you? You're holding space yeah, yeah. and there is such a responsibility because sometimes people feel very vulnerable. I mean, you, it's just that dynamic there, but it's, it's also that sense of feeling that, yeah, there's a responsibility to your client and to the art of astrology as well, to honor the art of it. I think it's a fine vocation. You know, it's a very mm -hmm. dignified vocation and, and for thousands of years it was, uh, but it's, it can, it can be maybe, I feel like it might be getting out of hand, especially with the technology that we're, we're having coming through at the moment with artificial intelligence. And, you know, there's also a lot of scamming going on as well in certain mm, spaces. Oh, yes. So yeah. I think that, you know, when we can hold that, the boundaries and protect our clients well, that's really important. I suppose I'm also wondering, you know, where do you think the, the future of astrology is going? What do you feel? I mean, that's a big that's question, a question, isn't it? That's Yeah, that's a big question. Way too much, Lindsay. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> no, no, I like big questions. I, I, are you kidding me? I love everything you do. I love your questions. Um, yeah. So basically, I think what's going on in astrology is there's an overabundance of sensationalism, you know, just like the news, everything's reflective because what, what, you know, you see on Instagram or even on YouTube for the most part is people are trying to make money. You know, they're trying mm -hmm. to get that little sliver of your attention, that little sliver of, you know, your trust and your time. And uh, so sensationalism sells, sex sells, whatever, money sells, all that stuff. So that's one thing. And then there's this conveyor belt, right? So mm -hmm. just as something has happened, next thing's coming, what's coming? You know, people do, we just had a full moon uh, yesterday or today, I don't know. Uh, and People are already talking about the next full moon. It's like, we just had one, yeah, that's you know, it. like yeah. the, it's like, can we just let it sit for a second? So there's like not a long lens view, in my opinion. I think we're all just in this conveyor belt mentality of what's next, what's next, what do I have to worry about? You know, and I have some people that, you know, respond to comments on my, my channel and, uh, one particular one, she was just saying, you know, I see July ahead and it's just, I've heard so many astrologers and it's so scary. I'm so scared. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Why are they doing this to you? Yeah. Because there's no reason to be scared. They're just trying to get your view, honey. It's not, there's yes. no reason to be scared. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so basically my, my philosophy is to make it a longer lens because yeah, anything can be terrible. Anything can be great and terrible things can be great. So let's, let's, you know, go a little step further. Uh, the other thing I find is that the topics are very simplistic and it's sort of like junk food. It, oh, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, we, we could eat a whole bowl. I can give you a bowl of ice cream and on a hot summer day, that sounds great. But if I give you ice cream all day, every day, <laughs> it's not going to be good anymore. It's not healthy. It's not going to sustain you. It's not going to, it's not sustenance. So that's oversimplification and mm. telling people they're going to find love. Okay. Yeah. 
some people will, <laughs> you're going to get money. Yes. Some people will. There's a lot of people out in the world. That's one of the other things. And then the last thing I will say is what's going on in astrology is that the other side, the other end is like super jargony. Like people yeah. just saying all of the jargon of astrology, like this, this sextile, quintile, biquintile, blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh. You know, as an astrologer, even I get confused. Just say it normal. <laughs> so it's so overloaded. So that's where I think story comes in. That's where the longer lens comes in to look back in time rather than always so forward. Because we can see like if you have some really predictive, scary astrology coming in July, let's say for example, okay, what happened the last time this astrology came through? Was it that bad? Did the world end? You know what I mean? So just about having a, a different, more broad, broader perspective. I don't know. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, well, it does feel like that rapid news feed, that sort of rapid fire astrology, it's breathless after a while. And some people are brilliant at it. It's a it's a real skill on one level, but it's really sort of focusing on it, on it, that sort of dopamine hit sugar hit astrology a lot. I actually find ironically enough, it can spike the anxiety because it's always like, what's next? What's next? And it doesn't. Or why am I not? So why am I not getting it? Where is my yes. money? Yeah, yeah. You said yeah. I was going to fall in love. Where's my love? I'm expecting this now, right? And yeah, and and I think it kind of goes a bit hand in hand with some of the social media addictions we're seeing as well. It doesn't feel very nurturing or very safe or very um, supportive. It is that longer lens, like you said, and mm -hmm. that sort of pulling back and being able to really digest and savor. And, you know, it brings us to that whole idea of slow astrology. Just to respond to what you just yeah. said too, just to add a little bit more to that. And then I would love to talk about yeah, astrology is that those things like that you mentioned, the Jupiter and Venus things, they're things that are great. They're really good things, but they're better as uh, seasonings than a main course. Yes. Uh, a life needs to have some, some sort of struggle in our life, or we need to overcome something. We need to, you know, do more. I think about Pinocchio going to the island, the fun zone, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And Pinocchio gets tricked into going where they play pool and they can eat and drink everything they want. And they are even smoking cigars, these little boys. Mm. And then they get tricked and they become donkeys and they get sent to the salt mine. So it's like there's an imbalance, <laughs> right, of that. Yeah. <laughs> and even though they're tantalizing things, people think that's what they want and that that will satisfy them. Romance, sex, food, you know, money, all these things that they are consumables. And that's why you always want more of it. Yes. So yeah. when you realize that those tantalizing things that you, you want to consume, they're good, but not if you're reliant on them. They, exactly. they can't be something you rely on. There has to be something that's different, that's deeper, that's the philosophy that you're talking about. It's it's having a strength in yourself that if you get those things, cool, you know, my life will be better, but I don't need those things in order to be myself or be happy. That's kind of what I think mm. about what you just well, that's said. That's it. It's, it's having that, that ground of being and in story rather than in this constant sort of sprinkling of sugar and this hunger that it drives. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So yes. So if we are trying to be practitioners of slow astrology as astrologers and as consumers or clients of astrology, what what would that look like for us? How does that play out? I think you and I are on the same page with this. And that's why I love your astrology too, because you do bring in so much wisdom, so much knowledge. You're very well educated. And that just brings so much integrity to what you do. And we talked about this slow astrology as um, kind of corollary to the slow food, the slow yeah. food movement, which was to slow the food down rather than all this fast food that's not nourishing, that's going to make you sick. That's what fast astrology is doing. It's making people sick. It's yeah. making them scared. 
scared. It's making them expectant of things to happen. And then, you know, once in a while, the thing will happen. And that, you know, even solidifies that, oh, sh- oh you know, shoot, this thing can happen. They, they're true. They're saying the truth. And then you believe everything somebody says that's just out there to get your money. So yeah, so I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that are in, have integrity and that have an intention to help. And that's what the slow astrology is. It's like, let's slow down as a community. Let's look at these stories, look at these ideas and, and how do they make us better so that we can do what we're here to do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the modern mind is more turned towards a a sense of it being 100% free will and maybe ancient astrology Mm, is, you know, the interplay between fate and free will. But I sort of Mm -hmm. feel that ironically enough, uh, a lot of the the astrology that maybe people are jumping on and hungering for, it's almost like they become passive or passengers in their own lives waiting for the astrology to happen to them, which is actually the opposite of a kind of free will. We are participants in crafting and creating our reality to a degree, you know, that beautiful kind of craftsmanship and creativity that we have that we can draw on tends to get a bit quashed or it gets a little uh, subdued. That was just fantastic. Yes. And that's what we're doing. Like we're just look doom scrolling constantly. And then you just are sitting there waiting and with the the time you have left, you know, it's just making us to the point where we don't have the free will. And then we're just so in desire to have all this free will, but then we're removing the free will ourselves. It's so good. Oh my gosh, you're so smart. What I think saddens me is that it's not even the, the fault of the individual at all. It's more this kind of culture, this framework that we're in where we've been herded into this kind of way of living often with our technologies and also just the conditions that we're facing at the moment where there's sort of a need to escape more and there's a need to sort of, or or there's a feeling of powerlessness in life sometimes or or feeling overwhelmed. And so if anything, that this kind of way of creating this hunger is driving a lot of the worst of those feelings. And I think trying to maybe become conscious and feed and nurture those tender vulnerabilities that we have, but also that rich creative life and finding ways to resist. Creativity is often uh, a site of immense resistance. Storytelling, which was the original kind of creativity, whether that's through song or narrative, a lot of the, and, you know, really connecting one-on-one with people. And those are the things that are getting lost because if you spend all your time, you know, watching other people do things, then what are you doing? You're not doing the thing that you're here to do or meant to do. And, you know, humans, we want the easy, that's just natural. We want an easy answer. And that's what astrology, you know, a lot of people are drawn to it because it's like, okay, well, tell me what it is. What's going to happen? What's the answer? And, you know, we can only get so far with that. There is a framework. I believe it a thousand percent. There's no way I could come into talking to a perfect stranger and be able to tell them statistically it should be 50-50, right? Maybe, maybe I could get something right. One thing right. Uh, Again and again, the, the statistics would keep adjusting. Would I get the next thing right? But like the fact that you can get in there with somebody and you'd be like, okay, well, here's this, here's that. Here's how you were. Here's how this was. Here's what's coming. Here's what you're feeling. It's insane that that's, yeah. that even works. It's just yeah. incredible. I think that there's it's going to get really interesting over the next few years. But mm. also, I'm, yeah. I'm not even thinking about, I mean, certainly people who access astrology as clients, but I'm also been, I've been noticing some concerns with astrologers. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of burnout as well. It's about protecting astrologers <laughs> as well as 
the yeah. clients and and seeing how you know there are a lot of people who are extremely generous because a lot of a lot of people practicing astrology there's only so much that people can produce outside of ai you know <laughs> it takes time you know you you you're you're a prolific writer you know your writing is so beautiful but for me to do what you do it take me forever so i think that each person has their thing that they should be doing like some some of us are will get think you have to do everything you know and that's how you get to burnout because you oh, don't absolutely. you know like you said there's there is a a vast array of astrologers doing things the fact is is that we all have to come at it from our own way our own perspective yeah. because we are all so unique and if one person does it one way and that's their way and they're successful you know maybe get some inspiration but do your own thing there's people that make videos on astrology every freaking day on youtube and i can't like i would die mm -hmm. i can't my my style is just so different it takes me a long time to think of the idea to make the connections i'm in I am slow compared to these people. Your quality of <laughs> work you. is really, really high. It's actually really no. beautiful storytelling and it's really enriching and it has meaning. You know, what, what am I putting out there into the world? Like, I, I what, do I want to make people think about astrology all the time? Or, you know, if you just think about one thing for a little while, it's better yes. than thinking about 50 things and not understanding it at all. It's like tossing a pebble yeah. in a pool and the ripples go out. That one pebble, if you just focus on that one thing, it actually is connected to the overall pattern and all of these other transits. It's just an, a, a matter of finding the, the one theme that rip, has that <laughs> ripple effect. And it's much easier to kind of process. <laughs> Yeah, things go so fast too. It's like as I soon do. as you understand, you know, Mercury trying the moon or whatever, the moon's already moved. So like, who yeah, cares? Exactly. It, yeah. it's, it's, we got to look at these bigger stories, these bigger, the bigger picture and, you know, day to day stuff happens and you can look back at an astrology. When I was working with those little kids, I remember I told you, I knew it was a big moon day and that day was wild in yeah. school. Like they were yeah. all over the place. And I'm like, oh, okay, this was a big yeah. moon day. So, yeah. but who cares really in the end? That's just what you know, I look back on it and I go, oh, okay. That's what that was all about. So yeah. it was more about making meaning in retrospect than being able to predict it and go, oh my gosh, is today going to be terrible? No, yeah. I mean, it was just a day. It was a different kind of day. It's interesting too, that we're having these kind of conversations as Pluto's gone back into Capricorn, you know, that <laughs> retrograde motion. Yeah. There was a lot that was quite challenging yeah. about Pluto moving into Aquarius and in terms yeah. of confronting where things might be going, not just with astrology, but with, with technology in general and how all of us are going to have to maybe adapt and try and perhaps reclaim a bit of our own creative boundaries around things as well. Yeah. And, and encourage other people to be creative too. I think that's what we're starting to lose yeah. this creative spark, you know, doing the things the old way, the slower way, yeah. you know, <laughs> just, I want people to think about what did you want to do when you were little? That's yes. a really powerful thing because yeah. we had so much clarity as a child and then we kind of get domesticated and it gets domesticated out of us, you know, and, uh, you know, as, as you grow in your life, maybe look back at those things to help you understand what you need to be here, what you're here to do. So yeah, so solutions for this astrology situation, I think maybe it's best to slow things down as far as whatever I can do. I'm an, I am just a slower astrologer in general. So that works for me. <laughs> so I think the story is best and correlations are best looking back in time are best. And just understanding the purpose of astrology is not to scare people or to be scared because that's happened to me too. I mean, I've had periods of my, my life where I was watching a lot of different astrologers before, you know, I was really doing it myself and I could, I felt that way. I felt like, oh my yeah. gosh, what's going to happen? And can, and then I would just get depressed. 
So that's definitely not what I want to put out into the world that just the looking at patterns is more interesting or your experiences and that astrology, the most powerful thing for me. And that's where I think the evolutionary is really strong is that it's about self-acceptance, accepting yourself as you are and not think you need to be anything different than what you actually are designed to be. You're designed a certain way and you're beautiful. And no matter what you do, you know, you have this setup that that's part of the fate of what you are. And your free will is to play within that playground and that it's all good. You know, as long as you're trying to be a good person and you're trying to, you know, do the right thing for yourself and for others, that's incredibly important. Accountability is really important with astrology. You know, that's a more powerful way to look at it. Uh, And then basically authenticity. I think that's the most critical thing. Those are the the rewards of astrology is to lean into those things authenticity acceptance accountability the three a's and that you are you are not your chart you are not your transits yeah at the Mm -hmm. very heart of the the chart at the very heart of everything is you and that everything is kind of emanating out from this this point of not just choice things happen to us as well but that to to actually remember that you have this spirit soul at the at the center of things and that there's a lot Mm. of coming home to that and really remembering that so, yeah, it's yeah. more like a map. The map is not the destination and and any two people that could have the same map, but they can go different ways to get That's to the it. place. So you're not your chart. Absolutely not. Oh, well, this has been really lovely, Lindsay. Have you got anything else that you would like to to mention? Where can where can people find you? Where can people find me? Um, yeah. yeah, so my website is lnatale.com, just letter L-N-A-T-A-L-E. And that's my website. And then I'm on YouTube as same El Natale. And uh, so I do astrology videos there. I love them. Yeah. It's my favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I always love talking to you. It's the best. It's good, rich chats that we have. I really enjoy them. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Antoinette. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for listening to the Pomegranate Astrology Podcast created by me, Antoinette McKenzie. For astrology consultations and my writing, visit pomegranateastrology.com.